Hello, hello. This is Janae, host of We're Getting Personal, an interview series where we talk about all things health, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. While the topic of this presentation is sensitive in nature, it may contain language and or conversations that may be triggering or unsuitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The opinions and views expressed in this presentation are the opinions and views of the presenters and should not be used as professional advice. For more information about health, mental health awareness, physical health, and or emotional health, please visit one of the links provided or contact a healthcare professional. All right, so uh, Marquis, do you want to introduce yourself first? Yes, I can do that. Hey, Ashanti. I am Marquita, fitness coach and founder of Harambe Wellness that is over here struggling with my uh, Facebook, but, you know, we're going to make it do what it do. I am a certified personal trainer and health coach. I basically make health and fitness make sense for the everyday woman and, um, yeah, just in a nutshell, without giving like too much detail, because then we we won't have nothing to talk about if I tell you everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Yes. Uh, I think you left us on Facebook, Marquita. You got to come back. Okay. Uh, um, I am. Okay, so that's Marquita. So I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name is Janae. Well, some of you know me, some of you don't. And um, I published my first book this past January. It's called The Process of Letting Go, 40 Days of Rediscovery and Healing. And it really discusses just my journey dealing with uh, depression and just kind of the process I went through of overcoming it. Um, so today, Marquita and I are going to just kind of talk about our personal journeys and experiences with physical fitness and mental um, health and awareness. Um, so, of course, Marquita talked about Harm the Willis a little bit. So... Uh, if you just can give us a little more of a rundown of what Harambe Wellness is and what you do with Harambe Wellness. Well, um, I think the best way to start with that is to explain what Harambe, the word Harambe means. Um, it is a Swahili word that means all pulled together. And I apologize for anyone that's watching on Facebook because this went out. But um it is a Swahili word that means all pulled together. And that is the basis for everything that I do through Harambe Wellness. And that is each other, be healthy and active and live your best life every day. So when I started Harambe Wellness in 2017, it was with that intention in mind. I've been in the fitness industry for 10 years now. I started in 2001 as a Zumba instructor and that progressed as time went on, you know, I developed the moniker of the, the Zumba Diva. Everybody knew me for Zumba. And then I uh, decided like, okay, I love this fitness thing. I love helping people fall in love with fitness the same way that I did because Zumba was my gateway to other forms of fitness. And so um, it came to a point where I was like, I want to do more. I want to do more than just encouraging people to have dance fitness. And that's how Harambe Wellness came about. I just figured, okay, 
let's make this a for real deal thing. And here I am now, four years later. Good place, good place. So you want to answer this question first, or do you want me to go? I want you to, because I don't remember the question. Okay. Wait, what's the question? So the first question <laughs> is, like, our current life status, what are we up to right now? Um, so, okay, so I'll go first. So as I stated, I just, Facebook, I apologize. Unfortunately, Marquita got kicked off of our Facebook Live. Um, you can join us on Instagram Live. But this will be posted later, so you guys will be able to see it later. But I'm gonna keep it running just in case I say something that's you know important. Um, <laughs> so currently, what am I up to? Like I said, I published my first book back in uh, January of this year. Um, along with that, later I also published an, uh, an eight-week planner and a reflection journal that kind of works with the book, even though they can you can purchase them independently as well. And so um, I do work a regular full-time job. So there's that. And when I'm not working, I'm usually working out, which is something we're going to get into as far as the, fit, the physical fitness journey. Um, and then I'm in the process of creating something new. Uh, my first book was very um, spiritually focused, um, but my goal is to write some fictional work. So that's the plan moving forward. And I have some things that are kind of in progress right now so miss marquita the question what are you currently up to right right now like what is like my well is doing right right now right right now so as always i i realize i am the epitome of doing too much however i will say oh i did send a request on facebook too by the way um I have I have narrowed my focus to be more intentional about what I'm doing for uh, my own self self and preservation so that I don't burn burn out. Um, so right now I am working on number one, um, what's called Get Fit and Flint. That's a concept that I created starting last year during the pandemic. And it's expanding this year to incorporate other areas of Flint. Started downtown last year. This year, we're branching out into other neighborhoods, offering free fitness classes to the community. And um, I'm really excited about that because, number one, that's reducing barriers to exercise. And number two, that's giving a, a social aspect for people to be able to um, be healthy and active. So... That's what I'm doing now, uh, Get Fit and Flint. And then secondly, I also have an apparel line. I always forget to mention that, which is, which is sad because I'll be doing too much. Um, so I also have an apparel line. And so uh, right now, I just released a swimsuit for Harambe Apparel. That's new. Never had a swimsuit in the, in the lineup before in the mix. So I'm really excited about that. That launched last week. So I'm trying to manage all of that. And then um, coaching clients. Uh, health and nutrition coach to help women live their best life and stop overthinking the whole fitness and weight loss thing. Just, you know, how you go on Google and try to do X, Y, Z, and you're not seeing the results you want. I'm trying to prevent that from happening any further because – that's a frustrator, a frustrating point for a lot of women. Yeah, okay. All right, so 
The next question is our thoughts on physical fitness. Um, basically, and I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's kind of like, how do we even get into physical fitness and what do we enjoy most about it? Um, so me, I got into physical fitness. Well, okay, to be fair, I was an athlete in high school. So I played sports. Um, between middle school and high school, my sister and I did a lot. So between like, we did band at one point. So there's like the marching band. I think we did dance at one point, like pom-pom, cheerleading, softball, basketball, volleyball, track and field. So throughout school, we were athletic. And then, hey, Mildred, I see Mildred uh, came on. And um, Pink Cupcake, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, I um, When I graduated from high school, to be completely honest with you, I was done playing sports. So... It was kind of like, I don't really have to be athletic. I don't really, you know, have to exercise like that. I felt like I was fine. But I had a misconception, too, of what it meant to actually, like, the purpose of exercising. In my mind, I was slim. So, like, if I'm already skinny, why do I need to work out? You know what I mean? Like, that, I'm just being honest. That was my, that was my thought process behind it. Um, yes, there was an echo. That's part of the reason why I put this in, because it was my other phone. Um, so I was just like, okay, so what happened is that I started taking dance classes when I was in college, but I've always been interested in dance, but I had never had any formal training. So I started taking dance classes in college and what happens, I ended up injuring myself, which led to, okay, you gotta, you know, do physical therapy. And the problem is that physical therapy was so expensive that I just, I couldn't afford it. The dance classes were actually more affordable, particularly ballet, because they use some of the same muscles and strength in some of the same areas that they wanted me to strengthen doing physical therapy. And mm -hmm. so that kind of spearheaded my fitness journey. It was really about like recovery and rehabilitating the areas that I had injured. Um, it was my SI ligament on my right side. So that's basically my whole, like, you know, your right side, my glute down through my thigh. And it, the pain went down to my knee, basically. And and then I had um, a totally unrelated injury in my uh, rotary cuff muscles. So all that to say, what helped me the most with healing those was actually weight training. So that's how I got into like, not heavy weights, y'all. I, I do like probably five pounds, 10 pounds, most with like 20 pounds max, probably with my arms. Like, And I just got there. And that's every once in a while. Uh, but still just consistency was really what helped me with that recovery process. Um, so that's basically how I am now. And what I enjoy most about it, honestly, I like to jog. I like running more than I like weightlifting, to be honest. Um, I hate arm day. That's probably the day I skip the most. But it's the day I need. Don't judge me. The point is, I'm here. We trying. Okay. So, Marquita, I, I posed the same question to you. Oh, Marquita, someone asked, is there a link to your clothing line? Um, HarambeApparel.com. Yep. So while Marquis is answering the question, I will try to send that in the chat. Yeah, both of them, because um, I don't have my earpiece down here, and this echo is driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I should say it's driving me crazy because I'm afraid that it's echoing for other persons that are watching. So that's my only concern. Um, so how did I get started in fitness? All right, so I remember like it was yesterday. It was a warm up. 
Oh, there's a space in you there. You remember like it was yesterday? I really don't remember like it was yesterday, but I do remember it. Um, I started, so I realized that there was um, a lot of stuff going on, like medically, you know, in my family. And so I wanted to prevent the likelihood of me having to being on medication and everything and being overweight. I didn't want to have the risk factors that are very prevalent in my family, on both sides of my family. And so I, I was already overweight. I wasn't like morbidly obese. I was at, I was almost 200 pounds. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, it can only get worse from here. If I don't start doing something now, I would have to, um, I would end, I would go down that path. And so I was like, I need to lose some weight. That was, that was the initial reason why I started exercising and so I wandered into the weight room started working out with somebody and it was basically like all right you do what I do don't get in my way no lie like that was legit it that's just how he that's just how he is though it wasn't like to be mean or that's just literally how he is and so I started lifting weights so I got my start in the weight room um and that in itself was a challenge because Women is not common for women to be in a weight room. So, of course, every time I go into the weight room, some guy is like, oh, you know, you need some help. Like, you know, just trying to talk to me or whatever. And so that was annoying. But on the same token, I learned how to hold my own in the gym. Mm. So, you know, when I always talk about how you may feel uncomfortable in the gym for not knowing how equipment works, I had that moment. You always feel uncomfortable in the gym because you think people are looking at you because you're overweight or because you may be doing exercise wrong. I had those moments. Guys that thought they knew more than me. They probably did, but you know, I didn't ask for your help. So like why are you why are you coming to me? Um, so that's how it got started. So four months, four or five months into activity in the weight room, I finally found like a group fitness class schedule. Okay. And on that schedule I saw Zumba. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna check it out. You know, the kickboxing, the step. I'm like, I ain't coordinated enough to do all that. So started with Zumba, and it was uphill ever since. I won't say that my first Zumba class was, like, the best, but it was fun. So I kept going. I kept getting better because I definitely am not known to be a dancer. Uh, two left feet, but I have my own rhythm. So that was how I got started in fitness and just deciding to work out. However, it was not until I saw the progress as well as the mental effect that diet exercise had on me that I really that it stuck. Because you know, like the the sneaker commercial, you won't like me when I'm um, when I'm angry, angry, hungry, yeah. hungry. Yeah, that was that was me. That was legit me. Um, when it came to fitness. So if I didn't work out, I was not a happy camper. You would don't talk to me. I literally would plan my life around exercise. And so it became a habit. So it took a year before it became like a hardcore habit. So whenever I think about where I started to where I am now, I, un I, I will never forget that process. Never forget that process because it was a, a cycle of learning. Like my eating wasn't 
where it needed to be in the beginning. Um, because I am, I was born 11 pounds, four ounces. My mama will tell you the story to you in the grocery store. You see my mama, she's going to tell you I was 11 pounds, four ounces. So that, <laughs> I mean, I was a big baby. I was, uh, I technically, I was an overweight child. In college, I somehow was a normal weight with like the normal weight, weight range. But after college, the pounds started coming on. Um, so, yeah, I just needed to lose weight to prevent all the stuff from happening. I didn't want to have high blood pressure like my family members. I did not want to develop diabetes. I did not want to increase my risk for any cancers that run in my family because I have a lot of stuff, you know, that I am genetically predisposed to just based on cultural habits in my family. You know, in the African-American community, our diets are a certain way. So that's how um, I got tricked into fitness. You got tricked into fitness. Got tricked into fitness. Well, it's interesting you brought up the whole, like, family thing because I, uh -oh. I mentioned this some time ago. Well, because for me, too, which was another reason why I got more aggressive about um, working out, particularly with weights, um, Oh, some of the comments I just want you to say. Some people are like, wow, because you were so big. I just want to say it. Um, thank you, Auntie. Um, unfortunately, Facebook, Marquita got kicked off again. So if you guys want to finish watching this, um, you can find us on Instagram under Harambe Wellness or under call me underscore Miss Royalty, and you can watch the live there. Um, but we're going to post the link uh, to the video later once it's finished airing today. Um, but yes, uh, I, so I told a story about how I have, I was diagnosed with uterine fibroids, um, which I do have other women in the family who have had uh, uterine fibroids as well. And so for me, the process actually started, I, I want to say I was 22 when I was first diagnosed with them. And at the time, the gynecologist that I had was basically like, they were small, you're fine, you can basically... You know, you don't you don't have to worry about them as long as you get married and have kids before you're 30. That was basically what I was told. Yeah. Um, Pink Cupcake said, I love your, I'm in love with your products, Marquita. Oh, thank she, you. She went to the website. So anyway, the doctor was like, you know, as long as you get married and have kids before you're 30, you should be fine. Okay, well, fast forward about like five years when I was like 28 years old, and I had to have surgery to remove the fibroids because they had gotten so big. And of course, we hadn't been watching them because, you know, it was so small at the beginning, there was no reason to supposedly. And unfortunately, we let all that time go by and we weren't watching them. And so the largest one grew at 12 centimeters and they removed nine of them out of my body. So I have pictures floating around here somewhere. Like if you go to my blog, you can see it. But I actually looked like I was pregnant. And that's just how big my uterus was. And so I had, I had to get the surgery to remove them. I initially didn't want to because it just, the idea of getting cut open just kind of, you know, made me uncomfortable. <laughs> And um, it, and then I had the nerve to actually watch YouTube videos about the surgery. I don't know if they helped me or hurt me, but either way, it, it was done. Um, but I was trying to find natural ways to cause them to shrink. And so there were, like, people were saying, like, eating a plant-based diet, a lot of leafy green vegetables, and rigorous exercise were ways to actually help shrink them naturally. Um, so, of course, once I recovered from the initial surgery, I had to go to the process of restrengthening my core muscles. So that was mm -hmm. one thing that needed to be added to my workout regimen, right? Um, but then it was just getting more intense so that I don't have to worry about having the surgery again. 
Um, so, so much for the whole get married and have kids before 30 because I had to start at 28. So we're past that. <laughs> but I'm in a place now where I'm healthy enough to have children if, you know, when I choose to. Um, but that, that did play a role in me getting more intentional about my physical fitness journey. So what do you enjoy most about working out? Or physical fitness in general? Okay, so I'm like, I don't know what I enjoy most about working out other than, I guess, in the, the vein aspect, and I hate to say it, you know, is the physical change, right? But when you pose the, the former question, I mean, the latter question, I would say, what do I enjoy about it is really learning because, you know, just based on what you just shared, um, I remember I remember that stage in your life uh, because at that time, it was like a lot of people I knew were having medical issues related to fibroids. And so the way my mind worked, because I also have a background as, a, as an engineer, right? So I'm just like over analytical about everything. And so the thing that I love about physical fitness is number one, understanding that there are benefits to it. And how do you connect the benefits to the person? If there's, you know, in, in between those, those benefits and the person, there may be different um, issues, mindset, or challenges that a person may be facing. But how do you come up with a way to close the gap so that they are more likely to stick with the habit of diet? Or And I hate to use the word dieting, really, because that creates a different connotation, but nutrition and um, physical activity because I want to reduce the likelihood of having conditions mentally and physically that will manifest themselves in your body in a way that is not going to put a smile on your face. So that's what I love about um, physical fitness, being active, is that aspect. And, and dare I say, I'm more in tune with it for how it impacts other people than my own my own self, you know, my own body, because I know I'm gonna get mine in regardless, right? But I also have to be intentional in such a way that what I do can impact impact and inspire someone else to just pick up on the habits of what I am trying to um, encourage you to do. And it took me it took some years to really realize, like, you can't beat somebody over the head to work out. Like, you can't say, hey, you need to go to the gym. Hey, you need to work out. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. Because nobody is really, that's not how people process things. That's not how people learn. That's not how people want to be talked to, that type of thing. Um, but I will slide into it. You said your goal was X, Y, Z. So why are you uh, eating McDonald's every, every day for lunch? You know, I have to come from that position and break it down like the why and again to close the gap that was good um a brown four seven two six one one hey ashanti she said my kitty your story gives me hope i miss all <laughs> can you see it yeah, yeah. and dp noble said it's not a real a truth is not a real motivator uh, yeah 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 and i've never been the type of trainer that like yells at people and all my clients will tell you like you know I'm not a drill sergeant because one, I don't like to raise my voice. <laughs> I don't like to raise my voice. <laughs> I am loud. I'm a loud person when you get me in the right setting, but I don't like to raise my voice. I don't like to, you know, yell at people and all that because I don't like to be yelled. I was the type of child. You you raise your voice to me, I'm gonna start crying. I didn't get many whippings as a child or spanking. Let's say spanking in case the CPS <laughs> police, you know, it's 2021 now. We can't talk about things like. 
But yeah. <laughs> okay, so where does mental health fit in with your fitness journey? Ooh, mental health in my fitness journey. It is 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 twofold. So we have like the I'll start with the for real mental aspect of fitness and that the mindset around it. And that's a lot of what my coaching is about now as opposed to in the past. It was more so just work out, eat good, and boom, boom, pow, you get results. But realizing that I also have to train the mind to get people to realize that your results is also um, conditional upon your the way you think about yourself, um, the, what you think about the food you eat, the relationship that you have with food. Um, and for an example, related to snacking. A lot of people like to snack. I'm a snacker. I am too. I had a, uh, some plain potato chips before, you know, I came home. Like, I'm a snacker, right? But there are so many misconceptions or just what you see on, on the internet and people around you, what they're saying about different foods. But keeping in mind when it comes to food cravings, which drives the snacking, there's a trigger behind it. And so that comes into like the mindset and your, you know, your mental state when it comes to with food. And so developing your relationship with food helps you to really navigate your weight loss journey or your um, journey to become more physically fit. Whatever, you know, your, your goal is, it all starts with what you believe in your mind. And so um, I had to recognize my triggers when it came to food. I actually am not a stress eater. When I'm stressed, I don't eat. <laughs> so that I have the opposite of it. So I had to realize that. Um, also, sometimes you just want to munch on something. Or sometimes you may be craving something salty and cr crunchy, especially like for women. I learned and realized certain cravings around like, you know, menstrual cycles, craving salty food, craving carbs. That is all related to just being a woman. I when I became more in tune with that, I was like, man, I want some potato chips. Or, oh, I want like some crackers, just random, crunchy, salty cravings. I would look at the crap, the calendar, and I was like, oh, this is what's happening next week. So again, just really understanding those things helped me to navigate my, you know, my eating habits, which are related to fitness. So that's that mindset, being in tune with myself. Now, mental mental health from the standpoint of managing stress, managing anxiety, managing um, body confidence as well, because that is a driver towards all those things. Personally, my anxiety is related to everyone around me. I'm a Pisces. I'm a little bit of a, a empath. So I kind of people around me. I'm an introvert. So other people's energy impact me in a way that causes me to take on their um their strife and it wasn't until i realized that i was always putting myself lower on the total mm. pole of importance and that was causing my stress um so much so and i can't even i can't there's a word oh psychosomatic issues which stress manifests itself in your body in mm -hmm. the way of aches and pain 2000 and 2007-2018 I literally was having issues with my shoulder. Like I could not raise my like my range of motion was 
was just jacked up for lack of a better word. Um, so I ended up in physical therapy due to stress because I carry my stress in my the back of my neck and all along here, like just tension. Like, you know, I'll be at the computer and I'll tense up, frown up, like just holding those muscles. And it, it just manifested itself all in this area because as women, we tend to carry our stress in our neck and shoulder area. So I remember because I was having trouble doing push-ups and just really um, raising my arm and just certain things, I started out going to a massage therapist who actually uh, practices medical massages. That was helping, but that was just a Band-Aid. Yeah. So I went to my primary care physician to really figure out like what was going on. Had an MRI, had an X-ray, and <laughs> she was like, all right, all that looks good, so... Yeah. Basically, you know, I told her what else was going on. She said it, stress can manifest itself because it was like knots in my shoulders and everything. So I was in physical therapy for like six weeks, and that and during that, that those six weeks, I was like, I never want to go through this again. Like, mm -mm. so I learned to manage my stress better because I never wanted to take an hour out of my day. and go through them exercises. So, mm -mm. so that's the importance of how mental, mental health has become important to me, managing stress, anxiety, all of that, because I did not want it to physically impact my body, especially in, in for a, a smaller and more, more common example, if you think about headaches. Yeah, yeah. Headaches are a common trigger for, you know, how your mental health is impacting your, your body. So Facebook, um, well, George said that you like to make him hurt. Um, but so Marquita got kicked off Facebook and we couldn't get her back on. So if you want to, you can join us on Instagram Live, um, Harambe Wellness, or call me underscore Miss Royalty. You can find us both live right now. Um, to add to that, Marquita, for me, this is actually what led me to writing my book because I went through a period of just dealing with this deep depression and I didn't really know what caused it. But it, it really took a head, uh, interesting enough, around 2009-ish, maybe 2008, 2009. And it's funny how you mentioned the stress in the neck and the shoulders because I had that particularly on my right side. And that's what led to the whole, like, well, the initial um, disruption to my um, rotary cuff muscles. Because they would take these x-rays and they're like, well, everything looks normal. But I'm like, but I feel abnormal. So you got to tell me something. <laughs> so they put me in physical therapy to work it all out. But it was just kind of like, um, yeah, your range of motion was definitely weak. So it, there was some improvement. But like I said earlier, the physical therapy was just so expensive. Um, but I will say that particularly when it comes to like the mental, like, like managing anxiety and stress, and things like that, I did a very poor job at that. Granted, I didn't know what all I was dealing with at the time because I, I couldn't put a name to whatever my problem was. Um, but I can say that it affected my body in so many ways. First off, I remember when my hair fell out. Like, this was the first time, right, as an adult. And I still have the spots in my head, but, like, the left side and my right side. That's, this is part of the reason why I cut my, um, saved my sides back in the day and left it shaved for so long. Because these two sides literally went bald. And, I mean, I had so much hair everywhere else that I could, like, wear a fro and no one noticed it. But it was, like, basically as bare as this on like a probably a spot this wide and it was literally because i was so stressed out about whatever it was i was dealing with at the time um to add to that um i had a lot of 
physical pain that nobody could explain. So again, I'm going to the doctor, they're sending me specialists. Sometimes they're like, oh, well, because of your age, it doesn't make sense for us to test you for certain things. So they didn't test me. <laughs> or they'll be like, okay, we can take the scan, but because you're not a certain age, it doesn't make sense for me to diagnose you with this. I'm like, I feel you, but I feel this pain. I'm not making it up. So I'm going to need somebody to give me some kind of an explanation as to what's going on. Um, but then there was that. There was all these random food sensitive, like food related illnesses that I kept getting. Um, again, nobody could explain it. I was getting like regular uh, bladder infection, bladder infections. And my doctor at the time was just like, she asked me, like, why does this keep happening? Ma'am, I'm coming to you. You you, you tell I'll me. Give you, I'll give you the money. You tell me what's wrong. Right. Like, I'm paying you to tell me what's up. If I knew, I wouldn't come to you. But it was just like so many things that were just going on and there was just no explanation. And obviously it wasn't until many years later where I realized I was going through that, like the depression that that really affects your physical health. And it was just like, I can't, I can't stay. Like I was just having pain in so many places in my body. It made it difficult just to just be, you know what I mean? And I was just like, I, I, I had to like, I had to be intentional about living, I guess. Like, I couldn't do anything like it was just like I danced at church and it was like I took a break at one point then I got back in but I was trying not to be as involved as I you know as I used to be and it was just so much to it and I was just like I, I'm trying to be present like mentally present physically present like spiritually emotionally rather and I just didn't have a handle on it and it just affected my body in so many ways I had gotten down to like I'm already small I'm five foot seven and a half if that's any reference to like my height to weight and I had gotten down at one point to like 113 pounds, which for me is small. Like yeah. that's that's really small. Like anything that that's small. <laughs> like my doctor wanted me at like 130 and above, and I was at like 113. So hey, Keisha. So that was something that I really needed to like. I needed to do some. It was just like I I had to work on my appetite. I had to work on like. Um, how I handle stress, I had to work on just even emotionally, like I couldn't even be emotionally present. Like there were times where it was just like I had control over how I expressed myself emotionally and there were times I just had no emotions to express, you know what I mean? Um, so it was just kind of like people act like I had this nonchalant attitude, which technically I did, but I... I wasn't personal. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't personal, personal. right. Yep. And that was something that like, I didn't know how to explain that. Like even like trying to be involved and do things like I would show up late leave early because I didn't really want to be there but it's like I'm trying not to like just keep myself locked up in a room and people are like you don't really care do you I don't like I don't know how to tell you that but I really don't because I feel like I'm dealing with other stuff that nobody else cares about <laughs> you know what I mean um because I think that was probably one of my biggest issues like I feel like I'm trapped in a bubble and it's like, I don't know how to tell other people that something's wrong, but it's like, I expected other people to know that something was wrong. You know, it was kind of, yeah. That's, that's a key thing. Like, say that part again. Say that last part again. Because that's key. That is legit key. It was like, I, I, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't want to tell other people. Like, I couldn't tell people that it was something wrong with me, but I wanted them to know that something was wrong with me. Like, I needed them to figure it out so that they could offer whatever help or advice they could. As if, you know, I mean... I don't know. I guess I expected people to be telekinetic. I don't know. I don't really don't know what I was thinking. Honestly. I've been there. You expect you you was because you feel like 
you my you my person like you my people you should be observant enough to like step outside your own bubble and see what's going on with me yeah. i shouldn't have to tell you yeah. <laughs> you really can't like that because i've been there <laughs> and i'm like if you really care you would notice yeah that's exactly it if you really care yeah. you would notice and it's like how am i walking around like a like a zombie and nobody knows that there's mm -hmm. that i'm a zombie right now like but i'm yeah. supposed to continue doing doing things business as usual and i think yeah. that would made it such a struggle it's like y'all expect me to show up for y'all and i'm barely showing up for myself yep and so it was just like it was a struggle like i i remember having a moment at church of all places where I literally broke down in the bathroom, got myself together, and then I went back upstairs and went into the sanctuary, business as usual. But Sean Hart, I gotta shout that man out because he was the one. Something about him and Ishmael Milton. Yep, I put their names on blast. If they ever watch this, they'll know their names are in it. But those two always knew, even if they never said anything to me directly every single time, it was like they would say that one thing that one time at the right time, and it was like, okay, that was what I needed to hear. And Prophetess Johnson was the same way. Um, of course, she was on the mic most of the time, but at least what <laughs> at least she said what needed to be said. Uh, but it, it it really did. It took like that one person at that right time at that right moment, where it's like, okay, I need to breathe, and I need to remember I just gotta take this one second at a time because I may feel great right now, and then like literally in two hours, I just feel like crap. So yeah, it was just like one of those things where it's like I couldn't. Like, I cried in front of my dad. And this is really saying something because I don't do that. I don't cry in public, first of all, right? Yeah. And then, like, I broke down at work once. And I was just like, this, something got to give. And then, like, I cried in front of my dad. And, like, I never do that. Like, that's, my dad is great, right? But I don't cry in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> I, get I, mean? like, I get it. I get it. That's you. not, I don't do that. Um, but I did. This was, this was, I was really going through it. And I remember that time. And I was, saw like I never saw him get that like sentimental you know what I mean like he didn't cry but he his whole demeanor just changed yeah. softened yeah. like my baby yeah and I'm his yeah. youngest girl so that's mm -hmm. kind of like you know you all that plays a role um but yeah I just kind of like was like we gotta do this and it, it was a process like it definitely took a lot of effort on my part me being intentional um, but it, it did take me working out help because it got me outside of myself. Uh, dancing, like all of that stuff, it gave me opportunity to move my body for one. And, and there's something about, you know, they say how physical fitness and activity, how it releases certain, you know, um, I guess chemical reactions in the brain or whatever, and it actually helps the body and how that stuff can actually help your body heal. And so it was kind of like a mental thing where it's like, I'm learning that this is helpful to me doing something physical actually helps with my mental so let me do this and see how this works as it progressively evolves and that was like and then of course i kind of had to because i had all these physical things that require some kind of physical fitness to heal so it's like putting two and two together I was like well mentally i know that there's a positive outcome if i continue this especially for my mental so let me go ahead and move forward with it even if it's just something simple as i walk for 10 minutes if i had to walk i walk for two hours at one point but i walked as slow as life but it was a starting point for me and that just kind of helped with that definitely helped with my mental and emotional state. And and I can, I totally can relate to like everything you just said, starting with the the last part that you mentioned as far as like physical and mental being connected. Because even when I'm down and out, one thing that is going to remain constant, I am going to <laughs> work out. I'm still going to have my workout time, and that's 
partially because as I described in the beginning about how I would schedule my life around my workout time when I first got hardcore into exercising. Um, but, you know, you mentioned your dad. It was, I remember during the time where I was like really having high levels of stress and anxiety for everything. I remember I was coming home. We were leaving some event. And my dad caught me off guard, like totally off guard. He was like, he's driving. I'm sitting in the passenger car, passenger seat. He's like, are you depressed? I'm like, it came out of no. It came out of nowhere for like two reasons. Number one, um, it caught me off guard. So when I was like, "Yes," <laughs> oh, and that right. was like my realization that something was wrong with me. I don't want to say like wrong, wrong, but something was like off. And and yeah. and I I knew something was not right. And and by saying like him asking me that because my dad don't talk like that, <laughs> you know, he that's not him. That's not like so it shocked me and it I was so caught off guard that I didn't have time to think about a, a response that I gave the natural response and you know the truth you know cuz you'd be like no I'm good like no I was just like yes and that was it and you just I was, then I asked him like what made you ask me that because it was so random and um cuz this was this was before uh physical therapy no it was it was it was around the time of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so depression has many different faces. Yeah. And in yeah. levels, you know, and there's so much stigma around it as well as like when I said, you know, something was wrong with me and I, I, I didn't want to use the word wrong because people use it in a way to make you feel, um, like you're weird or something, you know, like in a way that kind of ostracizes you from the rest of society. But everybody has that moment where, you know, those, those bouts, man, that moment can be a day or it could be years where you are feeling a certain way. It could be, um, you know, just feeling over, like I'm not a medical professional, you know, I'm just, just certified personal trainer. So, you know, not, not a, a therapist, but, it can range from, I don't feel like getting out the bed this morning yeah. or the next morning or the next, like it could yeah. be like that where you have no, no interest yes. in doing anything else, but just breathing. Yep. Cause that's, not, that's all bed. you can do. No <laughs> right. Because you know, you can just feel so overwhelmed, you know, and it, it takes, if you if you aren't able really to cope or just understand what's going on with you, you know, around you, how different things are triggers. You know, your your external environment is a trigger as well. As far as like the weather, you know, if you suffer from migraines all the time, every time the weather changes, that can take a toll over you over time. That can affect your mental health. You can become depressed because you have migraines because there is not a, you, you aren't able to get relief. There is an external trigger of, you know, if you go to work and you don't like the people you work with, that's going to evoke an emotion within you that is going to cause you to feel a certain way. Then that can manifest itself as, I don't like this job. I don't want to be here. I don't care about this. 
And then you can find yourself in a whole little funky rhythm over time. You're just like, why am I even here? Yeah. Then you start, you know, possibly showing up to work late or just not doing work at all. And then, yeah. you know, that's a snowball effect for how things are affecting your life outside of work. And so the stigma around depression in that, you know, like the commercial, I get the commercial with the, the frowny face, uh, you know, that the they have on the sign. Yeah. And it off. I mean, that's, that's an accurate, I think, a reflection of it. But I think that also kind of puts it in a, a, a connotation that kind of minimizes the overall scope of what depression can be. Yeah. You know, uh, whether, you know, it's bipolar depression, where you have those rocky moments of you're really excited and happy one day. My mom swears my mom thinks I'm bipolar because, but I'm because I, I'm an ambivert, and I don't think she understands. I get you. We on the same page with that one. People think it's hard for me. My mom's a talker. She is a a talker. So sometimes I could be rocking with her, and then ten minutes later, I'm just like, "Why are you talking to me?" Yeah. <laughs> So she she swears off bipolar for that reason. And that in itself is a misconception about what bipolar disorder is. So, you know, it's like, I don't know how you could change the narrative around mental health aside from actually just talking about it, having a dialogue. Yeah. But I don't want to see nobody suffer in silence because of how they're they're feeling. And I will say that thanks to the pandemic, you know, of course, COVID was horrible, right? Yeah. But it did shed some light, open the conversation around mental health. It did. Agreed. Agreed. And I think people being trapped in the house realize just how important mental health really is for them. Um, it's interesting that you said when your dad asked you if you were depressed, you said yes. I had a doctor ask me that at least three different times. I told her no every single time. Hmm. Um, again, part of the misconception, my um, assumption was that if I told her yes, not only would it be part of my medical record, but she would drug me up. That was my thought. It's like, you just going to give me some drugs and that's it. I didn't know like what I know now as far as like you can go to therapy. Like there's this whole process you can actually go through. Um, I didn't know that. My immediate jump was she going to drug me up and I don't want drugs. And I had like I already had like issues like me and pharmaceuticals are not necessarily friends. Like I tried really hard not to take medicine of any kind if I can help it. Like I tried really hard. And sometimes, I mean, with the seasonal changes, sometimes the little Zyrtec just has to get me going. <laughs> but for the most part, I tried really, really hard not to. Um, but I was just like, I'm not, it was a no for me. So I just like, and I knew that I lied. I knew at that point, I knew what was going on with me. I just didn't want her to know. Yeah. So I mean, those commercials like, don't no, help. You said the, what? The, the commercials don't help, you know, the um, the medication. Yeah, side effects may like, include suicidal thoughts. Like, I'm trying not to have suicidal thoughts. Why would you give me something that would cause suicidal thoughts? It defeats the purpose. <laughs> exactly. So that doesn't help. I mean, the whole little health industry, like, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, they, I don't know what kind of, what kind of, system they really got going behind the scenes with the eyes of the medical industry and pharmaceuticals. But I'm like, all these side effects, you're going to skip me out of way. I literally could be at risk of losing a, a, a foot. But you tell me that I might have delusional 
delusional thoughts, suicidal thoughts. I might have a, a you know, I think it was something with UTI or dry mouth. I'm like, let me just lose the foot then. I don't think I don't want to add on to it. But it's, I don't know. It's, um, the thing that I learned about myself mentally and physically over the past year, because, uh, like, when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. my mind was like, all right, no, it's going to blow over. But when they started shutting stuff down, I was like, oh, yeah. shoot. I got to keep my parents alive. Like, that was my, that was my mindset. I got to keep my parents alive. Like, they are the, I forget, what was it called? Um, pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. risk factors. They risk know, yeah. So I'm like, I got to keep my parents alive. So I remember I posted up at their house. I would not let them leave the house. I was going to the grocery store, and it was on a supply. I would call it a supply run. On a supply run, I remember going to the store. This was before the mask mandate. I was going to the store. I was in the store. And I'm already a germaphobe pre-pandemic. I was pushing the cart and I was walking past like two people. And I held my breath. And I had like a mild, a real mild like anxiety attack, like mm-hmm. air droplets was, you know, on the on, you know, coming at me. I was like, I started breathing differently. I was like, what is going on? What is going on? <laughs> And so it was in that moment, I was like, all right, that's the first sign. Like, okay, Marquita, you got to get it together because um, you got to keep going to the store. Mm-hmm. So I was not comfortable being around people. So I would go at eyeball hours and all of that. So my first thought was, all right, I keep my parents alive. Second thought, down the road, you know, a few weeks had passed. I was like, all right. I'm not working at the gym anymore. I got to run this business. I, how am I going to continue to pay these bills? And so right. anxiety came about was, all right, how to stay alive and how not to lose, you know, loss, you know, loss of income. So I got into this funk like, man, I couldn't focus on nothing else. And I remember my mom was asking me about something that was not even relevant to staying alive or generating income. I was like, look, I'm trying to figure out how I'm pay these bills and keep y'all alive. And like, you know, you ain't supposed to raise your voice at a black at a black woman or a black mother without losing some teeth. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, clearly, clearly, you know, something is going on with me. And so um, I also remember during that time, because I was at their house cooking for them, you know, um, I was, my classes, I had suspended all my classes. I did not start virtual classes right off the jump. So I started gaining weight. When I when my pants couldn't fit right, I was like, oh, no, hold on, we got to get together. We could not get together. Um, I said, you know, it wasn't bad, but I did not like the fact that those jeans were, were snug. So between March all the way to, like, May, I had to get out of this one. Like I prayed. I was like, "All right, God, I need I need you to stand in the gap and re- remove from me this burden of fear." And so I put it in His hands. So May first, it was like the clouds lifted, you know, the skies parted, and I was like, "Dare I say, back to normal, so to speak, whatever normal?" Because I don't think I'm normal anyway. Um, <laughs> I was a little weird, awkward, but I was back to a state where I could function like a normal citizen so mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. and but during that time it made me realize these things a lot of you know we hear about pandemic pounds and COVID-19 you know COVID had us doing XYZ I 
for and then maybe it was just me, but I personally believe that it exacerbated pre existing conditions. Yeah. Okay, it, it, it shed a light, it allowed for things that were deep inside of us to like break the surface mm -hmm. and we realized that we weren't able to deal with those things. Mm -hmm. Whether that's manifested itself in weight gain, manifested itself into an increased level of depression, like all of those things. And so I realized, like, all this stuff was going on with me, like, all the anxiety and worried about keeping my parents alive. Like, I, I've been worried about that for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. But it was hyper, I was hypersensitive about it due to the pandemic. Worried about income, making sure, you know, as a small business owner, you, you, you always worried about that because you don't have the same luxuries as a business with, like, a whole team. I'm an army right. of one. So right. I'm just, you know, I was, I was reeling about what everything was going on. But all those things were a factor during that time over the past year. But I had to learn how to manage those triggers, those things that were causing me to feel uh, helpless and overwhelmed. Like, helplessness and high levels of overwhelm was what I was feeling in the beginning. And because I was able to recognize it, I was able to get back on my work hours. I restarted my virtual classes. I was able to really come back, like, out the gate running. And, like, for lack of a better word, like, you know, all breaks. What's, what's the little saying that the, that the young kids be saying? Uh, all gas, no breaks. Something like that. Oh, you know? No, I don't know. <laughs> so I came out the, out the gates running because I was like, all right, I, I found my, my, got my rhythm. I understood. And, and I wish to God that I had journaled during the past mm. year. Yeah, I wish I had because the thoughts that, and I probably captured some of them on, on Facebook, but without going into depth. But it that it, it was like a whole little come to Jesus moment and really just understanding and learning about myself again because the pandemic was a, it took the band aid off of a lot of things that was already going like those pre I call it pre existing conditions and just learning how to deal with them and that's what therapy is for, right? Maybe if I had been to therapy. You know, I still got, yeah, I got my groove. But I got, wait, wait what did what Jay-Z say? I, so I guess I got that dagger back swear. I don't, I'm getting, I'm, I'm old no, now. No, I don't know stuff like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. So, yeah. That's cool, though. I, I mean, like, I will say that through the pandemic, uh, well, the interesting thing about it for me was that I had started some medication for my skin during that time. And there were some side effects to that. Well, actually, I started before then, but um, the side effects happened before then. So I learned some things about myself before then. So when the pandemic actually hit us, like in March, I already had a plan together. Um, so I started doing mental health retreats, which is basically like I take a weekend, I separate myself from the rest of the world. And I like have to like not think about any form of responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just gives me an opportunity to kind of reset basically so that i'm not like basically overwhelmed uh because it's like the thought of life i think is already over <laughs> overwhelming because life isn't just you just wake up and just live you have to actually wake up and you have responsibilities you have things to do and with that especially if you have goals to go with that you you don't just go to work do your job and come home there are more to that right like i'm on a fitness journey right i'm trying to gain weight like i um when I relocated in 2019, um, I was consistent with working out, like very consistent because our work actually gives us three hours a week for uh, fitness. 
So we get to take an hour out of our work day, three days a week to work out. So of course, who took advantage of that? Ma'am, listen, you gonna pay me to not be at work. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. But like my consistency, as great as it was, I wasn't wise about how I implement the physical fitness. So I lost 10 pounds in a matter of about three months. And so I've been on this journey of trying to gain it back, but in a very, uh, like in a healthy way. So I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm going to gain weight. No. So while everybody else is doing this quarantine, trying, they over here gaining weight unintentionally. I'm over here trying. Struggle has been real. Like, I like, so you just don't give me nothing, huh? But what I did notice about me is that I really, I had no issues being locked up in the house by myself. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I don't know if I'm a, people person per se like i i think i'm ever very like i can be around people up to a certain point and then it's like okay i gotta pull back like it's draining um and so it's just like it was so easy for me to go to work and then just come home and mind my business but it was so easy that i feel like maybe i need to do something about this because i was reminding myself how i was when i was depressed where i didn't want to be around people at all and the difference between then and now is that I just didn't have the energy to desire any any of that. Um, at this point, I was just comfortable, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't too comfortable to the point that I was going back into that kind of like dark hole. So I was like, well, if I get out and do something once every so often, like maybe quarterly or whatever, then that'd give me the frame of mind that I'm not close my I'm not closing myself in per se because um, I'm out. I'm just not forcing myself to be around people and do things that I want to do. You know what I mean? So that's definitely something that I've been putting into practice. And it's actually been very helpful because I always return, rejuvenate, and refresh. And then it's easier for me to, like, be around people, especially people at work. I like my co-workers, but, you know, it just takes a lot of energy. Girl, I was in heaven not having to be around people. I got I one, you know, the, all the extroverted people, they were, you know, going through it. But I was like, I'm cool. Like, this is my everyday life. Like, welcome to my life. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to see nobody. Like, uh, other than, um, you know, when I had the fitness classes in person, grocery store, like, you would rarely see me at, at an event unless it was something that I really knew that I could tolerate navigating if it did not require me to have for real conversation. I don't want to say for real conversation. No, I know but... an in-depth conversation with somebody that's not surface level. Like, I don't really care yeah. what you did last night. I don't even care what your plans are for the weekend. But if you just want to talk about the fact that we are at this event right now, okay. Yeah, I don't small okay, talk. talk. <laughs> don't talk. I don't, like, what is the point of small talk? Like, that's, that's me. Don't, t don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I don't understand how I am in a, um, of people, a customer, a, 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 a customer facing, people facing <laughs> position, but I'm not really, um, I want to say I'm not a people person, but I am. I can. I am okay if I don't have to interface with people on the. <laughs> like it's literally draining, you know. Yeah. I, I, I. People are drawn to me for whatever reason. Like whenever I travel, it'd be random people asking me to watch their stuff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like you want me to watch your suitcase while you go to the bathroom? Ma'am, <laughs> I don't know you. I'm just some random black girl that's sitting at the airport. Right. <laughs> So people are drawn to me. However, it's it's tough for me. Like you and I, like I've known you for a while. So I mean, I can still talk to you. You don't you don't drain me, you know. But right. I know no, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like 
Like my but roommate, being, I guess I was hurt for a long time because we don't. She doesn't drain me. Exactly. Hurt, for some reason, after I talked about five people, I'm like, okay, okay. When I used to do vendor events, like, well, you know, you have a table set up and you're talking to people, I would be so tired for days afterwards. Like, yeah. I would have to plant block off days after, like, day before and day after the vendor event because I am so tired from it. But because I now know that about myself, yeah. I can build on myself accordingly. But again, yeah. the past year, I was in heaven. I was like, I ain't got to go to nothing. You know, no, no events. I was happy. As a clam, you know, when that, because I spent a lot of time at my parents' house again because I was trying to keep them alive, and I, I still am. Uh, but, you know, when I needed that mental health break from the parentals, I would just take my happy self right on home and enjoy being solo dolo. I mean, I I talked to friends and everything, but, you know, <laughs> I was good. I do, I will admit, I am itching to get back out to, like, you know, restaurants and eat with people because I like food. I, I have like my food, but I also like food lives in my house. So yeah, yeah, you know. That's I mean, good. I ain't gonna but lie. I I'm one of those people that kept doggone um, what is it called? DoorDash, Uber Eats. All I kept them in business. Even the grocery store. I said, man, I don't have to. You said I can pay for y'all deliver my stuff. I couldn't even do that. Man, well, so I learned I, the hard way that I can't do that with produce, but what so that's why I can't do it. So, when I was having those like little mild panic, I don't know if it was a panic attack or an anxiety attack at the grocery store, you know, that I mentioned, I couldn't. People were like, Well, maybe you should try uh, what's the the ship? I was like, I don't know because I'm picky about my produce, they don't know if yeah. they check the expiration date because my mom got me. Got me like that, you know, check the date on everything. I need my bananas to be a certain level of ripeness, yeah. and so. I had to learn how to cope with things and being a, um, what's the, not being a micromanager. That's the case of micromanaging. Like, I can't delegate that simple task because I like things a certain way. So that's part of my problem, too. But because I recognize that and because people around me recognize that, they interject themselves into taking the load off of me. And I appreciate, I, I have come to appreciate that. Because as I mentioned with the um, the free fitness classes that I do in the city of Flint, it's a lot of work. And I actually need volunteers to, you know, help with the setup yeah. because there is a setup involved to make sure people are spaced out. I need help with checking people in because I can't start a class and then stop it and go check people in. Right. I have never been the type of person to ask for help. People mm -hmm. around me know that I am this way. And so... Rather than when they say, uh, when they ask me, hey, you need help with anything? I'll be like, no, no, I'm good. They'll show up 30 minutes early and help out. You know, like, those are the type of people that I now have in my life that make me realize, like, okay, Marquita, it's okay to ask for help, you know? Yeah. Because they'll make me accept their help by showing yep. up early. <laughs> right people. Yep. <laughs> So one more question. I don't know if anyone who's still here has a question. If you do, you can go ahead and, and send it. But the last question for you, um, well, for us, I guess, is what's next? Like with everything that we have going on, uh, what are we working on now for what's to come? What's next? Oh, so you want me to go first? Yeah. Because I be trying to do too much. Um, yeah, I'm about to take Harambe Wellness on tour. I, you know, I'm, I have a travel bug. I am. 
I am a wanderlust, and so I love to go places. And I haven't been anywhere in over a year. That is a trigger for me. You go from somebody that goes from traveling once a, at least once a month to zero times a month. Listen, yeah. I'm surprised I have not been in the fetal position rocking in a corner somewhere. My passport has not gotten any love. So I decided, on a whim, I decided, I'm like, I want to do Harambe Wellness on tour. I, I'm still working out the details. You know, I got a couple things lined up. But um, we're we going to take this this health and wellness on the road. And, you know, I'm going to invite you, too, because, you know, I'm all about collaboration because Harambe means all pulled together. So we're going we're gonna to do something across these United States and maybe abroad, you know, Lord willing. If, if, so if I'm he like, well, my passport there. is ready to go, so Listen. let me know when and where. <laughs> Listen. And my bikini is on the way, so. Hey! You gotta, you gotta get out the house with that bikini. I don't wanna see you sitting in the living room with two pieces on. <laughs> okay, you ain't got my business out there, right? Uh, Nobody knew that I ain't wore that out the house. <laughs> if it, anybody that knows you, know you would go. Uh uh. When we went to Carabana, I wore my little two piece. When we went to Carabana? Yeah, I had on the dress with the little crop top. I mean, the skirt. Then you put something on the set? Let me. I'll go look. If I find the pictures, I'm gonna. Uh, I think I have because I don't remember that. I definitely well, may or may that. not be a picture, but I wore it. Okay. I mean, there's a picture of me at Essence Fest, though. Okay. I saw that. I was yeah. proud. <laughs> she proud of me being half naked in these streets, but um. <laughs> So what I have going for me is, um, oh, thanks, Tino. People really like this jacket. Okay, so shameless plug. I'm sorry, I'm going to answer my question, but I might as well put this out there. So I have on Flint designer or Flint, uh, Flint-based companies, okay? So these earrings are from the Hoop Mob. Hoop Mob. So, you know, if anybody's interested, just go to the Hoop Mob, and that's two Bs. And then um, the jacket is Belle Rebel Boutique. And this is just all of our... Well, not all of our, but some of our legendary uh, women of color. This is, and it's still on the website too. I think she got some shoes to go with this jacket, y'all. And she got in key sizes. Uh, and then, of course, I have on Harambe Wellness. I'm gonna stand up and show you all. Because uh -oh. she basically covered up. So it's a crop top. I'm not gonna strip on the social media, but <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's the leggings and the um, <laughs> and the crop top, which is awesome on the website. So when you go on the Humber and Bay Apparel, you'll see it. Um, anyway, yeah, this is a family. So, this is a family live. No, uh, family no. live, right? <laughs> so I, I stated earlier how I'm going to get into doing more writing, um, particularly uh, fictional writing. Um, but I do have something in the works for Flint. Um, I'll be in this state in in um in August. So long as things work out well, my goal is to do a book signing for. Uh, the book that was released. Um, and I'll show you guys, since I haven't actually played Thank the you. book. Um, Thank you. And it's, it's, but, you know, the process of letting go, 40 days of rediscovering healing. So what I do with this book, the first half of it, I tell my story about, like, my de dealing with depression and, and just kind of how I thought it started, how I, you know, dealt with it. And then the second half of it is a devotional. So it's like 40 days. But I keep it short, y'all. I don't like... I was thinking about me when I wrote this. So when I do devotions, I don't like 20 pages of writing, of reading for each day. 
I don't like too many paragraphs of reading for each day. I think it should be simple and straight to the point, at least for me. Like, give me something that's five minutes or less, and then tell me something I need to do, and then let me go on by my life. So that's how I wrote this. So it's something really quick, straight to the point each day. And it's like an activity. The activity itself may take you time, depending on how deep you get into it. But it's it's really like five minutes or less of the reading each day. Um, and how so, do you get the book? Oh, the book. Um, there, the book is available on Amazon.com, or you can go to my website, which I will pin on here. I don't know why I didn't do it earlier, but thank you. That's what I'm here for. Royalty.com slash blessings. Let me see if I can put it on here. Oops. I make sure I spelled it correctly. You said call me MissRoy.com. It's all slash blessings. Okay. Yep, slash blessings. And then you'll see literally all the all three of the books that I have, and they all are available for purchase on Amazon. Um, so yeah, book signing um, in August, and um, there are a couple other things that I'm working on, like my um, fictional title, which I don't have a title to it yet, so that's why I can't really say much about it. Um, but I'm also working on a dream journal, so. Something that's a little bit sidebar. I'm a, like, people who know me know that I've basically, I dream all the time. And I usually have very vivid and seemingly extravagant <laughs> dreams. But as I got a little older, particularly um, at the church that I attended, they talk a lot about, like, dream interpretation and how that's really about messages that we receive, like, spiritual messages we receive. And a lot of them are uh, relevant to, like, real life. Because I've seen, I've had many dreams that have manifested in real life and it's like that made me start taking it more seriously um and dream journaling actually helps us to record it so that like when we write it down and we reference it like maybe it's a month from now maybe it's two years from now but we see that we knew or we had some insight as to what was going on based on the dreams that we had um so my goal is to release a dream journal that kind of i don't want to say guides people per se but it's just like um an aid to help people's process when they are having dreams and they're trying to, you know, understand their meaning, or maybe there are some elements that seem to be very common in different dreams. It kind of helped guide them through the tracking process. So, yeah. Yeah, put that out tomorrow, because I'll be having dreams and, like, uh, I, I got, it's got, because you, you mentioned that they happened down the road, like, it started to scare me. Uh -huh. like, wait a minute. Wait, what? <laughs> like, weird dreams, not, then uh, the times where you have the dreams and then you forget. Cause you yeah. wake up like, oh, you had it. Then you go on about your day, and then two weeks later, something happens that was yeah. similar to the dream. I'm like, wait a minute, did I dream, or am I making this up in my head? So I wish I had something that I could write down these dreams in. So tomorrow, or I'll look for that on Amazon.com. Thank you. Okay, we'll see what happens, but it's gonna, it's gonna come out soon. <laughs> Janae says she got my book. Thank you, Janae. Oh, will the love will the love be saved? I want to go back. Oh, the live. Yes, Mildred. Yes, the, the, the live will be saved, and I will post it um, later. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I mean, is there any last words you have, Marquita? Uh, keep hope alive. Boom, shot the lock. No, <laughs> no, like um. I guess I'll give words of encouragement to anyone that finds themselves struggling 
with with anything, whether it's you know mental related, physical, emotional, spiritual, get out of your own head because sometimes we can be our own biggest roadblock. And I am speaking from experience. Get out of your own head. That's my final words. I feel that. And if the add on mine would be like, don't be afraid to like be honest and ask for help. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't tell everybody your business. I'm sorry. I, I got you. Got to be. You got to use discernment. You got to be selective because some people will try to use that as a tool against you. Um, so I, I hope I hope that people have people in their lives they can trust, that they can um, like really confide in when they have things that they're dealing with, even if it's something that's seemingly minor. You you'd be surprised how big of a deal that really is, or how it can, can trigger something else. Um, so just don't take anything too lightly. Take the opportunity to talk it out with someone that you trust, right? That has wise counsel. And not <laughs> um, Facebook. And Facebook is not a person. Facebook <laughs> don't is not go to Facebook. I know people like to, you know, air their whole lives on Facebook to each their own. But when you need help, help though, just, um, I just say be wise about it. That's all I'm going to say. Be wise about it. Um, Marquita, last question for you. George asks, when are you going to write your book? Huh? When, look, when I have time. Mm. So you gonna make time, right? <laughs> when I have time, don't, don't don't look, don't don't use my own stuff against me, now. <laughs> Marquis gonna make time because what she's gonna do is eventually she's gonna hire somebody to help her run her business. Um, she could easily get an intern. I don't know what she's waiting on. Um, there are high school students, college students who probably need community service who can actually help her. You know, what I mean, that way she can make time to write her book. But I'm gonna work on her with that. Yeah, I think that's the biggest struggle. We in this together. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I, I did enjoy this, this dialogue, you know, in each Me too. Great is coming, becoming Caleb. Caleb came on talking about I'm late. Well, we appreciate you showing up for the last five minutes. Um, okay. The live will be available later for you to watch. Uh, but thank y'all for, for stepping in with us, joining us. Um, hopefully we do this again because i think this was a good topic a good conversation and i think there's more we can have you know more conversation we can have about it maybe we can have some more guests on and talk about their experiences yeah we're going on tour though this this year 